We recently just released our 2024 Physician in Advanced Practice Provider Study, where we gained insights on how physicians and advanced practitioners perceive the current state of the medical profession and how they feel about their futures, particularly following COVID. Welcome to the Cross Country Podcast. I'm Karen Moog, President of Cross Country Locum, and I'm here today with Michael Scavira, Chief Medical Officer, a Strategic Solutions Vice President, and a practicing physician assistant. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much, Karen. Pleasure to be here and looking forward to uh, getting right into it with you. All right, sounds good. Well, our survey conducted at the end of 2023 yielded more than 600 responses from physicians and advanced practitioners. It covered a wide variety of topics related to practicing in general, practicing as a locum, and how providers feel about their career path and how it was impacted by COVID. So, Mike, I'm going to jump right in and talk about some of these questions um, and ask your opinion on these as well. So one of the first questions that we asked was how clinicians feel their current career was impacted by COVID. Half of the physicians and half of the advanced practitioners said the impact was negative. Mike, why do you think that is? That, that's a great question, Karen. And uh, simply put, COVID was a tragedy. Uh, I lived it firsthand in the ER and, you know, healthcare providers are the most resilient people you will ever meet. Um, but when COVID hit, healthcare providers experienced many things that most never witnessed in a lifetime. Um, you know, thinking back on it, you think about all the number of bodies, the back-to-back -back shifts, the moments of feeling helpless, colleagues passing, loved ones passing, you name it. But at the same time, there was a silver lining um, which was that healthcare heroes movement. And so the overarching support from the communities, the donations, the quote unquote clappy hours, um, that provided a strong sense of support and camaraderie at first. Um, but as that initial COVID surge began to fade, so did that spotlight on those healthcare heroes over time. Uh, and then at that time, many healthcare professionals went from full-time to part-time or they changed settings or even retired early. So then we began to see workforce shortages. And on top of that, physicians and advanced practitioners are not only treating just COVID patients, but also this influx of new patients coming in with a host of other comorbidities due to all of the deferred care during the pandemic. And so that was the recipe for an extremely high stress and challenging environment to work in for an extended period of time. And, you know, it's taken its toll and left its mark on a, on a lot of people in the healthcare industry. Yeah, that really was an interesting time and challenging for sure. But, you know, 20% of our survey providers said that COVID positively impacted their career. One provider said it re-energized them. Another one stated, my scope of practice became broader. Mike, you, you talked about New York and you were working as a PA during the pandemic in the hot zone there in New York City. What are your experiences and thoughts on the positive impact? Yeah, well, just speaking from personal experience, I feel that, you know, working clinically on the front lines during, during COVID truly amplified my why, right? So why am I serving in healthcare? Why did I become a PA? And why have I been treating patients in the emergency department for more than a decade at that time? And for me, the answer was to make a meaningful impact in the health and the lives of others. And 
You know, COVID really taught us that there are several gaps in our healthcare system today. Everything from health disparities, workforce challenges, suboptimal legislation, even financial challenges, just to name a few. And when COVID began to accelerate these healthcare gaps, it motivated me to take on a broader role in the industry, to not just provide the direct care to the patients, which is absolutely pivotal, but to have more of a positive impact on the industry as a whole. And that's really what led me to my role today as CMO with Cross Country. I still practice clinically in the ED to this day. I picked up a shift a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact, because I'm a firm believer in practicing what you preach. But I also have the ability to partner with hospitals, health systems, and even government agencies now across the nation to address these gaps in healthcare on a much larger scale. And that was COVID's impact on me personally. It was, you know, an accelerator for several widening gaps in healthcare, but it was a motivator for me as an individual to do more. I love that. I love that it brought clarity to your why. And now in your expanded role, you can touch um, healthcare in so many different ways, right? So, um, so kudos. Happy that you are here with us as well. Um, hey, Mike, two-thirds of the clinicians surveyed said that they plan to stay in their clinical practice in the future. What is your reaction to that, especially when we've just been hearing everywhere, everybody's leaving the medical field? Yeah, and honestly, it's not surprising to me that two-thirds of the clinicians surveyed said that they do plan to stay in clinical practice. You know, it's true that we often hear, quote-unquote, everyone is leaving the medical field. But this is really more of a blanket statement, right? Yes, it's true that many healthcare professionals are retiring early or pursuing careers in other industries, but also there are many healthcare professionals that are transitioning roles within the medical field. Some clinicians are transitioning into different healthcare settings and acuity levels. Other clinicians are walking away as FTE to pursue locums assignments in areas with greater need, while some, such as myself, are stepping into new roles to have a broader impact or a different impact on care delivery while still maintaining that direct patient care. And, you know, unfortunately, this can have a negative impact on the core FTE workforce of many healthcare organizations. We've seen that. And that's why I believe it's more important now than ever um, for health systems to really leverage new and innovative workforce models and technology to optimize that workforce. And, and that's what I focus on when I'm partnering with clients. 100%. Very insightful. Another important topic, which I know is of importance specifically to you as a practicing physician assistant, is legislation. Um, as a practicing PA, what are your thoughts on the legislation granting um, advanced practitioners full practice autonomy, especially in the nurse practitioner area? What are you seeing? How do you see this as being an impact on patient care? Yeah, look, uh, speaking purely from an objective standpoint, the Association of American Medical Colleges is predicting a physician shortage of up to 124,000 physicians by the year 2034. That's a staggering number. And in parallel to that, NPs are expected to grow by 38% and PAs are expected to grow by 28% by the year 2032. So logistically speaking, it's imperative that we leverage you know, APPs to help close that gap. Now, when it comes to full practice authority, this isn't really a new concept. NPs already have full practice authority in more than half the U.S. states, and that number continues to grow as we've now seen this is a proven concept. But I think it is important to mention two key points here. And the first is that 
no NP or PA should try to replace the role of a physician. That should not be the pursuit here. And I don't think that's practical. However, APPs do have the ability to fill in those gaps by leveraging full practice authority in the settings where it's appropriate to do so. This is not only going to just increase access to high quality care, which we are already seeing, but it also reduces the financial burden for many healthcare organizations as APPs are a cost-effective solution for high quality care delivery. Yeah, it makes so much sense in the team-based approach to medicine, right? You you spoke that, you know, an advanced practitioner should never think that they're replacing a position. Do you think on the opposite side that that's why some physicians are in the opposition of full autonomy? Yeah, absolutely. And understandably so. I, I see both sides of the debate and I look at it very objectively and, and neutral to a degree. I think it's based on, you know, everyone's personal experiences, every physician's interaction with advanced practitioners and understandably so. There are settings where it just isn't feasible for an advanced practitioner to have full practice authority. And so a physician in that setting would understandably question or even oppose the concept. Um, again, I believe the key here is to ensure that full practice authority is leveraged responsibly and in the appropriate clinical setting. And, and that's where I can understand both sides of the debate. You know, a very rural area of Wyoming where there's no, uh, let's say, primary care provider within a 50 mile radius, that's a good opportunity for uh, full practice authority for an NP or a PA. Um, you know, a critical care unit or the uh, NICU in a tertiary center that's a teaching hospital, maybe not necessary, you know, so you have to right. look at each setting and every scenario individually for what it is, and you have to leverage full practice authority responsibly above all else. 100%. And I think just continuing to have these conversations, right, between legislation, clinicians, and the physicians to find the common ground and make sure that patients have access to the healthcare when they need it most. So, Mike, let's switch the topic to uh, of locum tenens. 70% uh, of the providers state that one of the top reasons that they work locums is for the flexibility, which is not news to us, right? One other reasons were stronger pay rates, supplemental income, and just not being interested in permanent work. Do you think that the high need or interest in flexibility is somewhat due to the past few years of dealing with COVID? Well, I think that flexibility has always been one of the main reasons for a provider to pursue locums, but COVID has brought even more value to that having that flexibility now more than ever. And what I mean by that is we've seen tremendous economical and societal shifts since COVID. The real estate market is more daunting than ever for first-time homebuyers. And so having that ability to travel and to explore different local markets in different states and regions has more value than it did five, six, seven years ago. Additionally, there's been a shift from an in-office employment setting to a remote employment. And, you know, many clinicians have spouses or partners that now work remote and have that ability to get up and travel with their spouse or partner who, who's a locums provider during that assignment instead of having to stay behind and, and plan ahead. And furthermore, humankind was quarantined and caged for quite some time during COVID. And I feel that's motivated even more of the population to set out and explore now that the opportunity is there. Ah. Uh -huh. Absolutely. I, I, those are all great points. And, you know, and even on some of our travelers, 
part of the reason that they wanted to travel to begin with was, you know, they had they had um, families. They wanted to know where they should settle down. You're talking about, you know, high the cost of living and, and buying a home now. They want to make sure that they're moving their family to an area where they are going to um, thrive, not just them as a clinician, but also their families as well. Another thought on locums, we typically think of it as a great opportunity for those nearing retirement. But in locums, it's also beneficial for new grads, right? So what about those with younger families? Um, you know, I know, for example, Mike, uh, I, I talked with a uh, physician who had a young family and his wife was homeschooling their children and they had a farm in, in Virginia um, where they were raising some animals. And he loved the idea of being on the road for... 14 days. He did 14 days on and then was off 14 days so that he was completely home, not working with his family and just enjoying being part of the children and the life and they're around the, the farm. So um, what are your thoughts about those with younger families, Mike? Uh, my first is that I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, and there's so many beautiful stories like that. So, yeah, let's talk about new grads. Right. Um, and when you put it into perspective, the average medical school debt is just over two hundred thousand dollars. Right. And the average salary for a resident physician is somewhere between just sixty thousand and seventy thousand a year. So once a physician completes their residency, think about it. Right. They're often loaded with debt and their professional network is still somewhat limited. Right. And so they're also experiencing a glimpse of freedom for the first time in more than seven plus years of med school or residency, plus or minus fellowship. And often this is the first opportunity that they have to explore where they want to settle down, to your point, with their young family and grow their roots. So, you know, now we have an individual with significant debt, a limited professional network and their first glimpse of freedom. Now, what does locums offer them? It offers them, number one, premium pay. Number two, exposure to a broader professional network across multiple states. And number three, the freedom to explore. I'll give you a firsthand experience. So I personally worked with a locums physician who completed his residency, jumped into several locums assignments the first year, paid off all of his school debt in less than a year while traveling the country with his partner and expanding his professional network across multiple states. And it's funny because he was such a likable person and everyone loved working with him so much that he would get offered per diem roles after ending his assignments, including with us. And so a year later, he and his partner bought an RV, souped it up, and they just continued to road trip back and forth between the few states they loved most, where he would just work per diem across those sites and live a life of freedom and exploration with no strings attached while they plan for their young family. And so, you know, my answer is locums can be beyond beneficial for new grads. And there's really limitless opportunity, um, you know, when you put your mind to it. Wow. Yes. Great points. All right. So. Let's switch gears to technology, which is another hot button. Clinicians feel that facilities should be investing more in technology for clinical decision support, EMRs, in remote patient monitoring, but have varying opinions on, on artificial intelligence. The main trend that we've heard from providers was that AI could be an important tool, but does not replace the human touch or the importance of the professional patient relationship. What are your thoughts on, on AI or other technologies in healthcare? 
So technology and AI in particular will continue to have a profound impact on healthcare. You know, you mentioned clinical decision support systems, for example. Just looking at that, you know, that technology alone provides medication alerts, best practice notifications, order sets, and even reference information to provide clinicians with pertinent organized clinical knowledge and patient information to really enhance the care delivery, reduce medical errors, and reduce length of stay. And so now we have this evolution of quote unquote generative AI, where unlike traditional AI, these programs leverage machine learning to understand, predict, and create new content from data. So when you think about that, this provides limitless opportunity for healthcare improvement, ranging anywhere from enhanced clinical algorithms, improved image analysis, and even early detection and prevention of disease. Now, however, with that being said, the human touch is the very ethos of a patient's experience in the healthcare setting. And so while I firmly believe that technology will be absolutely necessary to further enhance care delivery, it is critical that technology is used to complement the human touch and not replace it. Absolutely. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'll say from the facility perspective, we know technology creates efficiencies. Do you have any thoughts on how the facilities benefit as they consider their staff moving into 2024 and how they interact with organizations such as cross-country locums? Absolutely. Uh, technology has been a game changer, as we know, in the staffing space. And I see the benefits for facilities that are quickly adopting and embracing this every day, especially with the clients that we're partnering with. You know, a lot of people see healthcare staffing as transactional. What I mean by that is ABC Health System needs 25 clinicians. And so Cross Country supplies them with 25 clinicians. Well, first of all, can we do that? Sure, absolutely. That's one facet of what we do very well. But more importantly, we leverage technology to both diagnose and treat the root cause for that staffing need. The question is, why does ABC Hospital need 25 clinicians? Are they struggling with engagement and retention? We can leverage technology to correct that. Do they have an ineffective float pool or even no internal resource pool at all for that matter? We build and enhance those resource pools for them, leveraging technology to really optimize their core staffing model and actually reduce their reliance on locums and contingent spend over time. And you know, another thing to think about is do they already have a few different staffing vendors on their panel, but still have unfilled needs or the inability to reduce their reliance on a particular agency? We have a workforce management platform. We can provide a facility with that meaningful data and those actionable insights that guide every staffing decision. And I, I like to call our technology a vendor management system on steroids, for example, because it's more than just a VMS, right? You know, of course, it's a vendor management system, but it can also stand up a float pool. It can engage and optimize their core workforce. It can improve scheduling. It can streamline sourcing and hiring for the client. And this is important because now more than ever, it can be overwhelming and rightfully so for facilities to decide which technology do they go with because there's so many VMSs and so many tech platforms out there, many of which have been around for ages. But technology ages with time. And that's why it's important for facilities to know which questions to ask and how to appropriately vet these vendor management systems and other tech platforms that they're considering. And, you know, a couple questions that I walk them through is, you know, does that technology have Power BI? Is there open architecture? 
Is there visibility into your actual spend with a, within a click away? How about estimated spend, committed spend? How about forecasting, right? Because those are all considered table stakes in today's tech environment. So if you're missing one of those, your answer to, to one of those questions was no, then you have an outdated technology platform. So it's important for, for facilities to be well aware of the different options they have and what questions to ask. And th these are conversations that I have with people every day. Wow, very interesting and insightful. Thank you, Mike. So here's the last question. It's a big one, but would love your perspective on it. So based on the survey results we analyzed and um, and from your own experience as a practicing PA, where do you see the future of healthcare headed in terms of providers' career paths? Great question. Um, I'll tell you what, I think we are living in an inflection point today. I like to think of COVID's impact on healthcare similar to when you're pruning a rosebush, right? You, you prune a rosebush by trimming it down only so that it can rejuvenate and encourage new growth and better growth uh, more than before. And, you know, COVID trimmed us down only so that we would learn from it, rejuvenate and grow even beyond where we were pre-pandemic as clinicians and healthcare professionals. I think providers' career paths are becoming more flexible than ever. Many health systems are embracing positive change, welcoming new workforce models, and leveraging technology, which allows providers limitless opportunities in their career paths. Whether it's floating between units or facilities or even across state lines, you know, we have providers delivering care inside of facilities as well through as well as through telehealth and even through hospital at home care models. There's more and more opportunity for reskilling, upskilling, and even leveraging technology to create a whole new care model. So I believe that providers' career paths will continue to evolve more in these next five years alone than they have in the last 20 years. Wow. And I said that was the last question, but kind of you mentioned technology. So just a kind of a, a follow up to that. Any other comments on that, uh, on how you see technology evolving as we move into 2024 and beyond? Absolutely. Yeah. Technology will serve as the cornerstone for this evolution in healthcare. Simply put, those who's, who resist technology will quickly fall behind. And those who embrace it early and responsibly, keyword responsibly, will flourish in today's dynamic and ever-evolving environment. It's going to improve care delivery. It's going to optimize work, workforce models, promote engagement and retention, and enhance both the patient and the provider experience. And all of this really leads to the very one reason why we're in all of this. And that's to improve the health and the lives of our patients. Very true. Wow. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. We're so excited to release our study and Thank you to all of the physicians and advanced practitioners that took time to provide their thoughtful insights. Um, our study is available for the download in the show notes. Thank you all for joining.